This video is brought to you by Rocket Money and Babbel. Reject Nation, I am so excited to be here right now with all of you to tell you that we are doing a special giveaway for a private Real Rejects exclusive early screening of Dune Part 2 on IMAX. That's right. We have partnered with IMAX and Warner Brothers for this special fan out event at IMAX HQ. The fact that I get to experience the first time watching Dune Part 2 at IMAX with some of our followers is insane to me. That extended preview that WB recently released of Doom Part 2, I actually saw that at IMAX, and I can assure you, this is the version it was meant to be seen in. Doom Part 2 wasn't just made for IMAX, it was literally crafted for it, shot entirely with IMAX certified digital cameras. This film features the IMAX exclusive expanded ratio from start to finish. This means that exclusively in IMAX theaters, Doom Part 2 will visually expand to fill the entire screen, offering more image, unmatched detail, and clarity. When you combine this with next generation IMAX precision sound, you're not just watching a movie, you're immersed in a truly expansive experience. So yes, we're giving away tickets. Entry starts now, ends February 21st. Winners announced February 22nd with the screening taking place on the 25th. Winners will be chosen at random to join us for the screening. And you will be able to enjoy free concessions courtesy of IMAX. Plus, you might even be featuring our out of the theater reaction where you can give your honest thoughts on Dune part two, because you know how we do. We like to film our out of the theater review right there at the theater. This giveaway is for our LA based followers, ensuring you can join us at Playa Vista. Full details and entry instructions are in the link. But seriously, thank you to IMAX and Warner Brothers for this incredible opportunity. So guys, hit that link and let's dive back into Arrakis together. Oh, well, if we get derez, we might not survive, but let's get into it. I really enjoyed it. I mean, um, I mean, look, the, the CGI on, on Clue, I mean, it's, it's got obvious. It wasn't what great. What CGI yeah. right, do you right. keep referring right, to? Right. Andrew Gordon. Well, I'm just going to get that out of the You're way Usually really so accurate yes, in your observations. I, I know. I'm just going to get that out of the way really quick. <laughs> it, uh, oh, is that the director of the first one? I think so. Uh, anyways, the producer. Um, I mean, it's not the greatest CGI, but again, they were still at the early stages. So I kind of yeah. just, I still kind of view it as like, you know, as groundbreaking as the first film was. And like, you know, it's dated. But it's still like a charm, a charming thing of the first film that I love. And yes, when you watch oh, it now, with, when you watch it now, like the, the CGI, it, it is very distracting and it's definitely dated. But again, they were still at the very early stages. So it, it is what it is. Um, it's weird. It, it's a thing where it's like if the first movie hadn't been in a position where it had to have just all the actual actors on screen. Daft Punk, so of course, good. stars so stars of the movie, Daft Punk, and Sarah Halle Finn cast this. Damn, yes. not bad. Um, but yeah, like the f original movie having to have all the actors just on screen with effects all around them, yeah. weirdly, I think, works against this because if you didn't have that precedent and you watch this, I feel like it is... Well, it, it, it's two things. It's Yeah, it's like... it makes sense for him to look a bit CG in an all-computer world, course, but the problem is that everybody around them is like a photoreal human being right, for the most right, part. So right. like, Yeah, it's weird. It's like I wouldn't have a problem with it as a de-age in context if that other detail wasn't the case. True. It's like I could easily forgive this for not looking, you know, like it would have been interesting to watch this the year it came out because I bet the year it came out there would probably be just a different the levels on the conversation of like it doesn't look 100% real but like man how far this technology has come like it was probably a little bit more like outwardly impressive yeah. initially yeah um but even still it was like watching it uh, uh, yeah it's like it is one of the more distracting elements of the movie it's it's but 
But there was that one shot when he <laughs> came up, though. That, that actually did look pretty good. Sure, but yeah, sure. Overall. Oh, that one oh. guy's name was Jarvis. Look at that. Ah, okay. We're not the only one who make Marvel references. Oh, and Steven Lisberger yeah. was in it. Uh, I'm, oh, the uh, the director of the first one. And by the way, if you are listening to this on Spotify or Apple, or you're listening in the digital world, if you don't mind giving us a rating, we would very much appreciate it. Absolutely. Having said that, um, the rest of the, the visual effects, um, not as good as the 1982 film, um, but very, very, <laughs> I, I love, the, again, I love the world. Um, uh, just, it's so cool. And also like, the, the battles and the gaming and the the psych uh, you know the bike cycling and also with the the jet cycling too a lot of the updates that they've done um, and the suits and everything I mean it's just so well updated and again obviously at this time in 2010 we're so used to seeing CGI and visual effects we're at a point hmm. now in time where it's not as groundbreaking but still having come from 1982 to this point in time I just thought they really updated everything in a very beautiful way yeah like part of the fun of Tron of the first Tron, and certainly this one is just, yeah, getting to spend time in the world and all the little details and everything. And, and yeah, this was it continuing that tradition and, and flourishing that in a nice way. And it split the difference in terms of tone because one thing that hit me whilst watching this, and, and certainly it was apparent when we watched the first one, was like, this is very... I kept thinking about Dune while I was watching this and being like this as a franchise, if you want to, you know, go because now we're getting a third one and all that stuff. Like, you know, you could do some interesting stuff in that you have this world that really lends itself to big CGI spectacle. Yeah. But again, the charm to me of the first movie and why I was pleasantly surprised by and maybe less everybody when uh, kind of talking about the first Tron is always like, oh, yeah, you know, like groundbreaking for the effects. But like the story's a little boring. Boring. Yeah. Uh, and I. I didn't have that experience, but I, I can definitely either. see I how you would or yeah. could. And and I feel like this movie kind of splits the difference in that it is definitely more geared toward the modern sensibility of sure. action blockbusters and whatnot. And especially totally. in the first act, I was, you know, a little on the fence about like, okay, how are we how is uh, the pace of this movie gonna feel? Because right, like right. early on it felt a little uh, quick. How, you know, uh, Sam Flynn is, is you know, out here doing his thing. And then, you know, he just that one day b breaks into the, the NCOM, you know, lab and, and just immediately activates laser and goes in. And then he's immediately like thrust into the games. And, yeah. like, and, and yeah, like there's a little less of that air and breathing space to just like feel like you are in the world or like the, the thing is like because the first movie is a little less populated by so many things uh there's like you buy the space between set pieces and stuff a little bit more than you do in something like this however i do appreciate that this movie still maintains at least a certain degree of that element of i guess nowadays you would call it world building but sure. you know spending time in this place getting to know what it's like and what you know beautiful special things might have happened here that are worth fighting for or whatever i wish some of those things were richer because it's like especially for how important the Korra character is. Mm -hmm. uh, I, a part of me was like, I like seeing the Sam, you know, I like seeing the story of like his son and all that stuff. Yeah. Like that's a good idea, fine. Uh, and a good way to like tie it all back to Jeff Bridges because we love Jeff Bridges in the first movie. Yes. But part of me is like, man, she's part of this like special race and stuff. And, and she's like, you know, a, a, 
uh, she's the last one of them and you know she's a bit of a special case and a chosen one of sorts like i kind of want to see this character's story from inside the tron world and maybe if they could have it's weird i i liked this more than i expected to not that i didn't expect to enjoy it but a lot of the sentiments i heard beforehand and around the time the movie came out was a similar thing to the previous movie in that it's like wow the effects and the spectacle and the world are really cool but the storytelling is whatever and there's Mm -hmm. some questionable de-aging but what i what i found here was like yeah there are times when it got to be sort of cacophonous and you are sort of like okay i know we have to do all the action movie beats to get to a certain place or get to a certain part of the plot so there were times where it did feel a little draggy or a little weighed down by you know, all the beats, all the plot beats we got to hit. But I did think, again, that they did have at least some amount of that charming world flesh that makes something like this appealing and, and, you know, worth coming back to or whatever. All right, Reject Nation, let's get real for a moment. Running this channel is incredible, but managing finances, especially taxes and budgeting, both for the channel and my personal life, can be overwhelming. That's where Rocket Money has been a financial lifesaver for me, even before I ever partnered up with them. Like I said, I've been very fortunate to be working with brands whose products I already use, so it's a win-win for them. Why? But it can be a win-win for you, too, because there's a reason I use them. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that simplifies managing money by canceling unnecessary subscriptions, lowering bills, and crafting a budget that fits your specific lifestyle. For someone like me who can easily lose track of expenses throughout every single day of the month, it's been eye-opening to see where I was overspending, stuff I don't use that I kept paying for, especially apps. Man, I was way too many apps. Rocket Money does the heavy lifting by analyzing your spending, then customizes notifications to help you stay within your budget goals. It's not just about saving money. It's about actively seeing and feeling your financial progress. It's a great feeling. They track your monthly subscriptions too. So many free trials I've signed up for that I forgot to, you know, get rid of before the free trial was done. Making it super easy to cancel the ones you don't use. A couple of clicks and you're putting money back in your pocket. I'm telling you, have you ever found hidden subscriptions or pay for services you forgot about? Because Rocket Money is a huge asset in helping to uncover those and even negotiate some of my bills down to like 20%. So if you're ready to take control of your finances and there's no better time than now because it is the beginning of the year, check out Rocket Money and see how much you could be saving. Stop wasting money on things you do not use. So to help support the channel and help support your wallet, visit rocketmoney.com slash rejects. Rocket Money currently has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. They've helped me and I'm confident they'll do the same for you. That's rocketmoney.com slash rejects. Your bank account will thank you. Hello there, esteemed viewer of The Real Rejects. I, Greg Alba, language connoisseur and worldly gentleman, am here to bestow upon you the secrets of Babbel. Babbel is an engaging language learning app designed for real-life conversations offering quick 10-minute lessons tailored by linguistic experts to effectively teach you a new language. Its conversation-based approach enhanced with speech recognition technology makes Babbel worth trying for anyone looking to learn at their own pace, anytime, anywhere. My dear friends, in this age of monolingual mundanity, 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 Babbel is our beacon of hope. Crafted by an army of over 150 language experts, their lessons are like linguistic caviar. Rich, refined, and oh so satisfying. Personal tale of triumph. I once whispered sweet nothings in Spanish or for the language in Espanol to my wife, courtesy of Babel. Her reaction, well, I'll tell you, she was utterly bewitched. Greg, you silver-tongued devil, no paraphrase. She exclaimed such vocabulary as I basked in the glory of my perfect pronunciation. Because Babel isn't just about learning words. It's about embracing the art of conversation with podcasts, live classes, and a veritable smorgasbord of interactive lessons. 
I know the words I'm saying. And their speech recognition? It's like having a personal language butler. Ensuring every syllable is impeccably crisp. Now brace yourselves for an offer of monumental proportions. Here's a special limited, limited, time. limited time deal for our viewers and listeners to get you started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription. But again, only for our viewers at babbel.com slash rejects. 55% off at babbel.com slash rejects. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash rejects. Rules and restrictions may apply. Join me, the Greg Albin, the adventure of language mastery at Babbel. We shall not just learn no, nay, we shall conquer the world of communication. Or as they say in Spanish, comunicación. <laughs> We're done with this ad. Yeah, and uh, just, uh, you know, piggybacking a little bit off what you said, I, I did like the whole element of you know, with Jeff Bridges and his son and also to Jeff Bridges bringing back that that energy. And also, too, you could just see, like, you know, with age and time, he'd become a lot wiser and more zenier, if you will. Yeah. Um, so he he's aged obviously, into the dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he really did. Um, so he's obviously not the exact same character he was in the first film. And obviously, 20 years will do that to you. Um, but like you said, I, I actually do agree with you in terms of Cora's character. I, I get we had to focus a lot more on, you know, what's happening with Clue and then the, the reveal of Tron uh, being Rinsler, Rinsler, uh, yeah. Rinsler, whatever it was. Um, and obviously we got to focus on the relationship between Sam and his father, which I, I, Sam and uh, Kevin, which I really liked all that stuff. But I would have liked to have gotten even more with Cora because she was my favorite character in the movie. And, and just yeah, the whole yeah. idea of the ISO and how it could, you know, repair the world in terms of, uh, well, I forgot that great line he said. You, you kind of repeated the line. Um, I forgot what the line was. It was a great line, though. Uh, but um, just, you know, about how the ISOs were, like, going to heal the world with, uh, you know, medicine and all that stuff. And I just I found that whole thing to be so fascinating. Yeah, and why they just he hold was, the key to kind of all the things that ail us. They could, you know, help yes. us fix that. Yeah, yeah. and it, it would make sense, like... Obviously, like, Kevin was so fascinated by the world. I mean, that was his life. But, like, now you insert, like, the fact that he could, like, heal the world. Like, I mean, makes sense why he would want to go there. And then you have that whole arc of him understanding, like, what he'd lost was even greater than that with his son. Yeah. Like, of course, that was the emotional touch of the film, which I appreciated. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I really would have liked more focus, too, on Cora uh, because she is such a great character. And I love, too, for a character that was digitally created like she was have, have such a fascination of the real world. And mm -hmm. I thought that was, uh, Olivia Wilde did such a great job playing that off. You could see yeah. in, her, in her emoting and her facial expressions was just so well done. Yeah, uh, just her body language and yes. that sense of wonder and that yes. like, yeah, that, that thing where like she's a humanoid character with like, she's essentially supposed to be, you know, like a human character, but she also has that, that thing when you're watching, so, sometimes you'll watch something where you'll have like an alien or somebody, somebody having to embody like a, 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 a yeah, some other entity that isn't used to this place and all these traditions and stuff. And, and so there's like, yeah, a genuine curiosity that came with a lot of her performance, especially when interacting with Sam. And, and this is one of those movies that because of all these things, it, it does make me think of so many options of what it could have been. Because I think they chose, like, this makes sense to be the big budget sequel to Tron and to have to play as wide as it does. And part of me does wish they could go a little bit more Dune with it or a little bit more like yeah. a lead a battle angel with it yeah. where, where certain things, it's like 
the set pieces are really cool and you do again glimpse some of what it's like to be in here but i i would love to see a version of this that goes even further down that sort of dune hole of like let's really soak in the environment and like what is you know there's a lot of interesting ideas but it's a very surface levely kind of stuff where it's yeah. like oh yeah he's this reclusive uh, kevin flynn is this reclusive sort of zen master who is yeah feeling resigned enough to be like the only way to win is not to play because i'm just stuck here uh and you know there's like so much about their lives together where you're like oh man i would love to see a little bit of this or like see a little bit more of what the iso you know the their little pocket of this world was like before everything you know encroached upon them and they were all wiped out and stuff yeah. and and even the contrast is like i like that they had a visual contrast between our world and and the computer yes that's a good point uh, yeah. but but at the same time like the the all the graphics for inside the computer and all the the way that's realized is like for the most part looked really good in terms of the lighting and the movie magic of marrying all the animation, the performances, whatever props are there, plus all these reflective surfaces yeah. and panes of glass and stuff. Like, like it's really well pulled together in in the world. I keep wanting to call it Tron. I guess in, in this version, the game is called Tron. Yes. But, but uh, uh, like there, the real world stuff. I thought, you know, it didn't look bad, but but there was something about the way that they shot it where I I, I don't know. There was like a, a quality to the motion or like a fluidity that did feel like in contrast in a way that didn't a hundred percent click for me but but you know i like that they at least went to the trouble I, I guess i wish some of the real world scenes got a little more tlc and that could be from the pacing too because yeah. i feel like in the first movie you did have moments in the real world where you would be kind of taken aback and you're like oh that's right we haven't been back here in a while and like granted most of the movie takes place in the computer right but uh but yeah again it's it's one of those things where it's like i would have traded a couple minutes maybe of really cool spectacles and chases and stuff because after a while it does become that thing of like yeah it's each one is cool and they're cool to experience for the first time but i bet on a rewatch especially it's like uh Seen there's it. a lot of yeah it's like you got a lot of neon lit stuff and a lot of yeah. really cool again set pieces and stuff yeah. but there there does become that thing when you don't have as much of the it because that's the thing is it poses ideas and there's this whole thing about like you know hoarding information and charging for it versus making it free and giving it to all the people and like there are little you know robin hoodie themes or populist themes or whatever and the theme of of yeah i wanted to make this perfect world uh and i got so obsessed with that that i you know became a tyrant i i basically made a fascist world instead because i was trying to find just the one way everything should exist yeah. when really chaos is part of it and those are the times where i wish this could behave more like uh, some kind of sci-fi epic yeah. rather than having to behave like a popcorn blockbuster, blockbuster and, yeah. and again i think that there is some of that blend and i did feel not the same kind but like especially for the moment this takes place in in terms of when it came out and everything like there is still a dazzling quality to how the world comes to life even if it doesn't have as many thumbprints and as many sort of like the first movie felt like watching a stop motion animation movie yes, yes. only in the sense that you can just feel how much hand crafting had to go into each frame and that's not to slight CG animators because like a movie like this sings because of the tremendous work from the animators and I think that this is a case where maybe not quite as awe inspiring as the first movie it still does give you that feeling 
feeling of like, man, I would love to play a VR game in this world. I would love to visit this place. Everything looks so freaking cool. Yeah. I want to know more about this society. So my only hope is that going into Tron 3, they embrace more of those space operatic kind of qualities. Because there were things about this movie that did get a little kooky. It, you know, it's like the the stuff between um, Jeff Bridges and Garrett Hedlund. I thought was nice uh, and and you know relatively heartfelt and earnest. Um, but it is like a more familiar and a more straight played thing. Whereas you have like Michael Sheen dressed as David Bowie doing yeah. all sorts of craziness, and you know even yeah. Cora is like a little bit quirky in her you know interactions and the way she observes things. And then you've got like the hench dude who is clearly like just a complete spineless opportunist. Yes. And so, yeah, it's like I appreciate those things and those are spiritual elements yes. where I'm like, OK, so you didn't fully misunderstand what the assignment. Ought to be. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, next yeah. time, I hope you bring more of this stuff right, right. to go along with the action that we know will be neat to look at. And of course, Joseph Kaczynski like is a is a, you know, a very commanding visual stylist yeah. at the very least. Uh, so yeah, it's just about you know how how does he nail out the storytelling dynamics? Basically, John wants Dune and Bla uh, meets Blade Runner twenty forty nine in Tron. Kinda, yeah. yeah. It's like if Dune was also Ready Player One, you know, that like that, that'd be that, like, that's, that's a good combination of the three. I feel and, like yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, sorry, I feel ahead. like that would be the ideal modern Tron movie because because again, the thing that surprised me so much about the first one was that yeah, you've. I felt less like I was in this kind of like sleek computer world mm -hmm. in this exact cadence and more like, oh, wow, this feels like some kind of yeah. strange empire of another realm. And this does have that, but it, it does feel a little bit more like you're in some kind of matrix, whereas the older Tron felt a bit more tangible in a different way. And yeah. So, yeah, it's like and that's the duniness that I guess I'm talking about. I wasn't about. the biggest fan of the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean. I know that's the director. It's the best one. Yes, I know. I know. The best know. one, and Andrew. The, the director is doing that. So uh, having said that, I do like the cast of the of Tron Ares, I believe is what it's called. It's got Jared Leto, Evan Peters. Called uh, Trithrene. Tren 3. Uh, and Cameron Monaghan, I think we saw it was on the sure. cast. So, I mean, it's definitely got a very good cast. I'm intrigued uh, by what the possibilities could be. If anything, I'm just glad to get back into the digital world. Yeah. Uh, and also, too, uh, you mentioned Michael Sheen. I really loved it, the way oh, he was chewing so the fun, scenery. So he, uh, and I love what you were saying, too. And I wonder how many takes they had of him just... Ramping just up and doing messing that around dance. doing yeah. bits yeah, yeah yeah oh they probably just like just do what you gotta do We're, we'll just uh we'll film you do your thing yeah exactly <laughs> but exactly. yeah uh, i mean still i i had a fun time uh it was a good uh a good you know for first time but i think like what you said it could be a little tedious on on the action sequences um probably on repeat viewings but uh we'd love to hear in the comments section what did you guys think do you prefer the first one do you like this one are they equally as great are you looking forward to, how did you say, Trithrian? Trithrian. Uh, You're looking forward to Jared Leto's Tron. Yes. Starring yes. Jared Leto. Yes, yes. Okay, I, I, I'm i actually excited to see. I'm curious what they're going to do. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, no, these were, uh, I, I I honestly, I enjoyed these these uh, two films. They were fun. I had a good time. I, yeah. I appreciated the the digital uh, stuff that we got and just, like, living inside the world building. I just thought it was really cool. Yeah. And, and also Kevin Flynn. I thought he was a cool character. 
um, if this really is the end, because it doesn't seem like he's going to be in the third one. They'll surprise us yeah. with the bridges. You okay. know they will. Hey, man, you know I'm they here. Will. What's going on, guys? <laughs> I'm back inside the machine. Yeah. Oh, God, maybe he'll show up as like a Zordon head. Because <laughs> like, you know, that thing at That'd the end, he explodes and becomes, yeah. you know, the, the one singularity, whatever. That'd be amazing. Fuses with himself. I want to see that so bad. Now, they'll if, reset the Matrix. If we, don't, if we don't get that, it will be so Sure. Uh, but anyways, let us know what you thought of this film, and are you looking forward to the third one? And uh, yes, do all the YouTube things. Hit that subscribe button, bell icon, all notifications, and smash the like button. And we shall see you next time. Boom.